Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. My name's Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And we're going to, last time with Unsatiable and all, there was a lot of cringing going on. So this I don't, time... I don't like to cringe that much. Like it gives me wrinkles like around, mm. around my eyes. It's like, and, you know, you've heard of smoker's mouth. There's cringe face. Yeah, and I just, I'm, I don't need to look any older than I'm sure I'm going to. <sighs> aging. Hmm. Anyway, speaking of aging, I just want to throw this out here. Uh... I want to age like Meryl Streep is aging. She looks older, but she doesn't look Crypt Keeper older, and I, she doesn't look Weird Face older. I want to age like Paul Rudd ages. Oh, yeah. Or does not age. Is it? I honestly, like, if you put a picture of him from Clueless and a picture of him from, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp, there's not that much difference. Like, No, I, I couldn't even tell you how old he is. He's got to be 45? He's, he's older than me, and, like, I'm almost 40. So, well, see, now I have to know. I'm just, like when when he did. Let's see, Clueless came out in '95, so that puts me at 15. Like Paul Rudd is maybe five, ten years older than me. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my phone is more annoying than it should be, but I think everyone feels that way about their phones, do they not? I I think I don't try to over criticize mine. I think he does his best. I try to be encouraging. I have him like he's only got three percent right now, but like that's my fault. I I didn't charge him. Paul Rudd is forty nine. Wow, he is yeah ten year right right around ten years older than me. And he has a spouse and two children. I had no idea. But because in my mind, he's like 18. I'm going to tell you right now, that man does not look 50. Because uh, he's 49. I'm saying <laughs> he is within striking distance of 50. But as you know, in actor speak, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's how old can you play? This is this is true. Ask the cast of Grease. I, I, I remember when I was put on my agent's website, it was like, can play upper 30s. It's like, yes. <laughs> a believable 42 yes take it i'll take it yep i'm i'm all about that oh okay so we're going to start with something that shall i say was highly anticipated is highly anticipated i think that's fair yeah and so it is on the netflix which everything seems to be yes or will be at some point and it's Created by a man who I think we could say has deeply shaped our lives. Or, or at the bare minimum, animation. Yes. And that would be Matt Groening of The Simpsons. A, a show that is about to, or is it in its third decade? Started in, it, next year. Next year's the third one. Will be, will be 30 years on the air. You know, more, more seasons than Gunsmoke, more, more episodes than Gunsmoke, a show that ran 25 years. If, if, if you don't know anything about scripted television, traditionally, you don't go three decades. Yeah. Like, unless you're, is it, is it Law and Order that went 20 years? Yes. Done, done. You don't, you don't have shows that run 20, like, you do seven years, six, seven years, you're doing pretty good. It used to be the goal... And uh, Adam and I think, like, of course, television actors would, if I've got this series, my goal is three years, because that means syndication. syndication. 
Once you get into there, because syndication means residuals. And if you don't know what residuals means, it means a check. Every time that thing airs. Now, every time it airs, it's a smaller check. So you can imagine what any living member of the Andy Griffith show's kind of checks are looking like at this point. Like, Ron Howard probably would have to pay more to cash the check at this point mm-hmm. than the check is actually worth. At this point, uh, it's only appropriate that I talk about my drama teacher in college, Bob, who is in The Omen 2, and he said he always knew that it was close to Halloween when he would get those 75 cents residuals because he played the teacher in Omen 2 that said, Damien, perhaps you'd like to share it with the class, and then Damien kills him. Well, still, you know, that almost a Diet Coke, as long as, long as it's the can version and you're at a gas station it's yeah. running a special. Sure. Still, I'm just saying, still. that's a Diet Coke or a Dr. Pepper or it's, a Mellor Yeller that you didn't have before. Did you say a Mellor Yeller? Mellor Yeller. All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, one more residual than I get. I'm just putting it out there. Yes. So that's what you want. Now, I don't know how that works with Netflix and everything. I mean, do you get, for instance... Because it's not syndicated in the... I but think, it's on. I think you are... You, because you can't do it per per airing because... Airing is dictated by the individual that's controlling Netflix. Mm -hmm. I think the digital rights are a bit more complicated right now because whenever you work these things out, you have to kind of have an eye to the future Mm -hmm. about that. And you you have to fit like, do you do it per stream? Do you do it? Like just in one solid like drop, like when it goes to Hulu or Netflix, do you just get a big check for that Mm -hmm. and you don't get it per per every time somebody decides to cast that to their television or run it through their... How do you do that? There are lawyers sitting around discussing this right now, I'm sure. Wow. Really high-powered, expensive lawyers. It's funny how I... Until now, you don't often think of that. I mean, technology comes along, it alters something, but it doesn't just alter in how you view or listen to or devour music or television or movies. It affects everyone who works on it and how they're paid. How does the compensation now direct... Like, back when you just had CDs or tapes. And then there was Napster. Where you're not... Nobody is getting... they're, they're, They're selecting it, they're... They're listening to it, they're consuming mm-hmm. it, but they're not paying for it. Like, right. so how do how do you then now that like you don't have that lockdown where you have to buy this physical CD from a store that you can track through SoundScan or something like that? Now, how do we compensate the artists or the studios or the the producer? Like, what do you? Mm. And like, I guarantee you, like, whenever somebody's cutting together Thriller, they weren't thinking. How are the digital rights going to be cut up? <laughs> like, or when, you know, like when they're like, you're getting the Blu-ray release of The Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, they did not intend for that thing to be shown in 1080. What do you like? Right. You've you've got to think decades or I mean, in in these cases, the way that you're ta- seeing the exponential exponential growth 10 years from now. Right. What is it? What does it look like? Like, is, is everybody's phone going to have, like, two terabytes on it, and mm-hmm. we can just download every show or bit of music that we want onto a single location? We don't have to stream it anymore? And we're, How does that work? Like, whenever, if the internet is no longer uh, free and open to everybody and you can throttle it in different places, do we start just using terabyte drives mm-hmm. on every... What, I mean, my kids used to say they want to be YouTubers when they grow up, and uh, then they finally realized the truth that YouTube 
might not exist by the time they need to have a full-time job. Or at the very least, not in the way that they are viewing it Correct. now. Like uh, Facebook. Facebook has been around for quite quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But 10 years ago, it wasn't as popular or was probably around the same amount of popularity as MySpace. Mm-hmm. Three years before that, I mean, did you... Friendster. I'm just like... The way the digital age works is not the same way that, like, you had these decades-long, like, traditions of, like, syndication and broadcast networks and uh, Nielsen ratings. How do like, we get to this just talking about how young Paul Rudd looks? Because, I don't know. We we go off on tangents. I don't even, I don't even know how we got here, even though it's all valid. I think because we were talking about it's on Netflix and we don't understand how residuals work okay. with that. All right. Yes. And that leads to the creator of The Simpsons. That's how we got Matt there. Raining. The creator also of The Futurama, Simpsons. Also Futurama, another exceptional show that we will cover yes. at some point in this Yes, on because this when you said an eye on the future, I immediately thought of that one eye. And he has a new show. Disenchantment. Disenchantment. I keep wanting to say it's like enchantment or disenchanted. Disenchantment. Disenchantment. In and the, the same way that Groening poked fun at the nuclear family with the Simpsons or science fiction uh, and futuristic tropes in Futurama, this is his look at medieval and fantasy um, entertainment, um, actuality, like myth, like however. There, there are jokes about Game of Thrones in this. They poke fun at the Smurfs. Like, there's... There's a lot of different places that they are pulling from this. Now, I am going to watch this, and I mean really watch it, because with him behind it, I know that there's stuff hidden in there that should amuse me. The signs. which yes. is some, I know this is a weird poll. The Simpsons was renowned for like background signs. Oh, the signs puns. are great. I have, been, I have been pausing constantly this show because they have this... Um, the city that it, it, it takes place in. They're, they're Springfield, mm-hmm. if you will. Like, they'll have, like, different kinds of, like, apothecaries and different, like, saying, like, now now curing, like, Plague version 2 or something. Mm-hmm. Or, like, play, play like, it, it, and if you, if you just, like, try to read it as it's going along, you'll miss it. Mm-hmm. So the story is there's this princess who doesn't want to get married, and she's supposed to get married, and then she opens a box and she has a demon. The, the kind of sorta. The way that I am taking she's cursed now. Okay. He is a demon, but he operates in the same way that like having a devil and an angel on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. The other character that pops in it, whose name is Elfo, mm-hmm. who is I'm I I'm spoiler, is an elf. Yeah. Um comes from a what I think they were probably doing as a takeoff on Smurf Village. Like, there's an See, elf. I thought it was Trolls. There, Well, or maybe it's Trolls. It could be both. Which Trolls seems like it's a takeoff of the Smurfs. Listen, well, yeah. the Smurfs, that was my entry point into that that kind of that kind of world. Um, there is an elf called Stabo who, guess, guess what? What? Stabs. Really? And this is why I think it's very much a takeoff on the Smurf. You had Hefty Smurf, like you had Brainy Smurf, you had you had all these other Smurfs that were just in denial Smurf, or they they were a Vanity Smurf, and basically mm-hmm. it's just a description of the particular emotion or character trait that they they imbued. Yes, because so once like, you leave this elf place, 
except for Returno and well, Levo. I, I believe they even said Returno never even returned. Oh, and they're, okay. like, they're like, well, what about Levo? And they're like, well, it was going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> he was so, Levo. See, that's about all I've seen of it. And I didn't have time to give it time. What I noticed was the first 10 minutes, I was like, come on, come on. And the reviews I've read said, give it a little time. The first episode, which is a bit longer than the other ones, I think it's about 36, 38 minutes, something like that. Now, keep in mind, Graining is used to doing about a 22-minute cartoon. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going by like some of his previous work, uh, it does the three-act structure like that is usually broken up by your commercials. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think he's finding his new footing. And, like, I think the first episode was not as strong as it could have been. But I also think he's got a new toy that he's not used to playing Right. With. He doesn't have to write it for a commercial break. He doesn't have to split it in a way that as soon as they come back from break, like, you've got to have a hook to keep them mm -hmm. so that whenever they're trying to sell you Campbell's Soup or Fruit by the Foot or, you know, a new Lexus or whatever they're trying to sell you. A Lexus by the Foot. Or, that's, there's not, let me write that down. <laughs> um. You, you don't have to work it that way. And I would say, like, for somebody that has worked for decades writing that way, writing for that, like, this is basically like a double-length episode that doesn't have any commercials. Like, mm -hmm. And that's not a, a thing that he is he's used to, because Futurama and Simpsons both aired on Fox. Well, one of them later on Comedy Central. But, I mean, still you're still dealing with that, that three-act structure. Right, and you have to edit and re-edit yourself and edit yourself to some To make more. sure that you definitively hit that Something that you may have noticed that we don't do ever. No. No, we don't have a three-act structure. No, not at all. But we're also not airing on Fox. Exactly. So, you know, there's so that. This, this, the So main, the main characters are the princess... Elfo and what's demony's the demon. name? Just his the name demon? is not demony. Like, but it's demony. that's the same. And I, I they, I, I, they operate kind of like her id. Like, they're they're talking about like at a uh, around a fire, and one of them's like, "If you could do this, what would you do?" And he's like, "If I, if I had one wish, because they're going to uh, what they believe is the wishmaster." Mm -hmm. They're like, "If you had a wish, what would you do?" And he goes, "If I had one wish, I would cure all of the different plagues and diseases in the world." So I can make worse ones. And that's, that's the mm -hmm. demon, like right there. Everything that he does is always terrible. He's like, he's always smoking, like he wants to knock somebody over. Every bit of advice he ever gives you is bad advice. Now, mm -hmm. Elfo, on the other hand, even though like he didn't want to be part of it, he was like, why are we, why are we mining candy all day and then being paid in candy? He's like, maybe I don't want to hug. Maybe I don't want this. And they're just like, whoa, whoa, Elfo, Elfo. Watch your mouth, buddy. Mm -hmm. Like, I think even at one point, like, he, he stops himself before he says it. He's like, listen, I don't mean to get coarse, but this is baloney. <laughs> baloney! <laughs> and, like, to him, like, he's just, he's dropped, you know, like, seven F-bombs on a, in a row. Everybody else is just like, oh, okay, well, baloney there, Elf. And I thought, huh, that's a little dark. They're hanging an elf? Oh, the joke they're is... Light of, they're yeah. so light that you, you can't hang an elf. And they're like, the last elf that we hung... Died of natural causes or yeah. old age or something like that. So uh, I have hope for it, even though I haven't seen the entire pilot. I will just because I'm in. I'm into the third episode, mm -hmm. and it it feels it feels a lot like Futurama mm -hmm. to me, and that's coming as a compliment. I would put Futurama in my top ten favorite shows. Mm -hmm. um, very very well written, and an, another one that 
I don't know if the first episode was necessarily like quite as strong, but like keep in mind, you also have to set up a weird premise, right? In both of these, like it's it's not a a staple of the genre to be like, oh yeah, a princess that wants to get married has a demon and an elf as her friends, and they go on it. Like that's not an easy concept for everybody mm-hmm. to re- now if it's like he's a dad who's he's a widow and they're just they're trying to make it in the city together with his two kids like i can you can relate to that like everybody mm-hmm. knows somebody maybe that you know is a single parent and all that like these are these are things that you don't have to wrap your head around like and or uh, there's not a lot of footwork to do it mm-hmm. but all of the stuff that they have to establish in this world is not i guess normal it's not average right. there's not a cliche that you are you're necessarily using to create this show mm-hmm. because you've got to set up all the I think it's 10 episodes I believe the next yeah. 10 episodes you have to set up and you've got to create this world that like anything that happens in any medieval show like at, at one point I think they were even doing doing a callback to Monty Python and the Holy Grail mm, nice. I'm just like you've got you've got all of at one point I think they were picking on Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. um they're they're coming from all different like places and uh, jokes that and you, can you have make here. a personal connection to the show. Do you not? Um, my sister did a show about ten years ago called Freak Like Tennessee uh, with a girl named Jenny Batten. Um, I recognize the name because the Screen Actors Guild. Um, is very specific about the use of names. Like the the uh, Michael Keaton's actual name is Michael Douglas. Mike he could not be known as Michael Douglas because there was already a Michael Douglas in the Screen Actors mm-hmm. Guild. So Michael Keaton, whose name is actually Michael Douglas, has to be known as Michael Keaton. Much like David Bowie's name was David Jones, but David Jones was already David Jones, right. and so he had to be David Bowie. I, and I remembered it because I thought it was strange that she only had one in in her name. Mm-hmm. Like um, whenever they did the show, they actually they did one of them in Nashville. I got to meet her. Um, Sarah and her had written like several different things together. Um, and I just I, you know, kind of left it at that. Um, I, I am one of those people that will kind of examine like the opening credits. Like I, I read about stuff. I read about producers, mm-hmm. stuff like that interests me. Like it's it just does. And I come across the name again and I'm like. That's a very specific mm-hmm. spelling of that name. I text my sister and I'm like, hey, about like, I don't know, eight, ten years ago, that show you did, Freak Like Tennessee, is that the same? And she just pops back with a all, all caps and an exclamation mark. Yeah. And I just go, well, holy, holy crap. Good on her. Mm-hmm. That's wow. awesome. That. You're working with she's she is one of the executive producers on the show. Provides some of the auxiliary voices for it. Works with the creator of The Simpsons. I'm just why isn't she my best friend? I just it what just dumbfounded why? me. She's well, not my best. Friend. Well, for one, we don't live in California. That's, Whatever we can video of, chat. That's that's part of the issue. That's awesome. But like just the so often like. All these names just mean nothing or they don't have faces to go with them or, you know, it's not a uh, like, okay, Tress McNeil or Mm -hmm. like um, Dan Castellaneta. Like these are people that have done a lot of stuff with Matt Groening as well. And their faces are rather well known as well. But like I I recognize that name and to see that I've actually talked to an individual that now works for Matt Groening, like writes for the show, executive produces for the show, does a voice for the show. And I'm just like. It's like touching the hand of God. It's just, it's so strange that, because you don't, 
you don't often think, and I, I don't mean, again, not in a derogatory, you don't think of them as people. Because you don't you don't know them like uh, there's a David David X Cohen. Yeah, it's just a name to you. Yeah, like I see his name pop up a lot with Matt Groening's, but like I don't know the guy. I've never I don't know that I've seen an interview with him, and I've I've never met him. It's just a guy that works with Matt Groening. I I know I've talked to them. I shook their hand. I think like we went out to eat all of us after after the show, mm-hmm. and now they have a show on net. They they participate in a show on Netflix and. <laughs> Mind blown. It, it just it's 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 strange. I never thought that I would be just one person removed from Kevin Bacon, and I win that game all the time. I get it. it, it it's it's, it's kind of kind of neat or interesting or whatever whatever adjective you want to affix to that. But like I said, it was just I'm I'm searching for something. I'm always looking for something new for me to to watch or get mm-hmm. interested in. And sometimes like I'll stop after a while cuz I'm just like this isn't catching my attention. But like I'm a big fan of Futurama. I'm a big fan of The Simpsons. Yeah. How Matt, could you Gra- not be? Matt Groening does another show. Chances are I'll be I'm going to I'm going to check it out. Just like if Mike Judge does something. <laughs> loved I loved Office Space, like King of the Hill, like he does he does Silicon Valley on HBO. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay. Well, I mean you've, you've got me for a couple episodes at least. Matt Groening is another one of those people that when I see that name, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you've caught my attention at the very least. Impress me. Right. And thus far, like I said, I'm about three in on the show, and it it feels very much, and I'm sure that was even part of the pitch, kind of a medieval fantasy Futurama. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like, and I, you, you can recognize some, like, uh, the guy that did the voice of Scruffy on Futurama, the janitor on right. Futurama, is the king, I believe, in this show. Who is also tremendously funny? I want to turning into one of my favorite characters on the show. There, he has a wizard, and when I say wizard, um, he can only do card tricks. But he's like he's decked out like he's Dumbledore. Oh, nice. like he even like he he calls for him at one point, and he's he's like Castle Sorcerer or something like that. And he's like, what what can we do with the elf's blood? And he's like, well, I don't know, but I can stop doing card tricks, I guess. And I'm just like. <laughs> That's that's nice. I've I found because I only got time to watch it for a few minutes and it does need to be seen, not just heard to get all the jokes. I I felt like I was in like a Simpsons flashback and I kept looking for Nelson and, mm-hmm. and I, I that's my flaw and my problem, but I look forward to actually watching it and spending some quality time with it. I've done a little bit more of a deep dive than you have on it, and I am, I'm in like okay, you're the the girl that who does not want to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, she has decided that she is going to murder her betrothed. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, and she talks him into doing this bachelor party, and this bachelor party is going to be set on Mermaid Island. Which uh, one of the jokes they made, and they're like, they're actually mermaids on the island? Like, or is it because the name of the, ma- like, it's like John Mermaid is the one that owns mm-hmm. the island? And they're like, oh, well, no, it's named for him. But oddly enough, there are also mermaids on the island. Mm. So go. she's going to take him to Mermaid Island. Because if you know anything about the fantasy tropes, mermaids have a beautiful song that they sing. But they also want to drown and kill sailors. Yeah. So she's decided that's what she'll do. She is going to get her fiancé to go on this bachelor party to these gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful, but vicious mermaids. Sea cows. Well, the the problem that they run into is that a very close island to it also has 
what I believe were walruses. <laughs> and oddly enough, they're also walruses that have beautiful siren-like voices. I can see the problem. So she has got it to where the knot that is tying... Whenever they pass by these islands, usually they will tie the sailors to it and cover their ears so they will not be entranced. Mm-hmm. Well, she makes sure that her fiancé, her betrothed, uh, his the knots on his are enough that he can break them free. And he goes in there swimming after the, and I'm doing finger quotes, mermaids. And he ends up on Walrus Island. Nice. And awkwardly enough, apparently has relations with all the walruses. I think that's walrusi. Walrusi? Assassin? I don't know what the plural of that is. I am the walrus. Like, just, and they're like, well, uh, that's not how I thought that would turn out. Like, (laughs) interesting. Hmm. So, disenchantment, watch it. Yes, I like I said, I am pleased with what I have seen. I, if the shows continue with this uh, bit of quality and the the joke per moment ratio, um, I, I think I will easily be able to make it through the ten episodes of the first season. Now, I think I was also on Netflix where I I was flipping around and it was, huh, I need to watch this again, and I watched Shaun of the Dead again, Simon. Simon Pegg rarely disappoints. It, actually, any of that that trilogy right there, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and uh, is it At the End of the World? At I, World's End, I think. I think so, yeah. I've liked them all. And apparently there is sp- talk of a Hot Fuzz. <laughs> I, I found Hot Fuzz hilarious. Shaun of the Dead, I'm watching and I'm thinking, eh, my kids could totally see this. Um, they could. Yeah, they could. It's just... I don't know. Do you have to like British humor? Maybe. You you might you know, need... I, I think Shaun of the Dead um, kind of goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like it ascends from that. Because there, there's some humor that is just so British. I'm like, if you're not... Like a lot of people can't watch the British version of The Office. But I, like, I also understand that my, my comedy tastes run very deep. Like I... I I, I guess I can understand that, but I think Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead are both to the point that they can be enjoyed by mm-hmm. an audience not necessarily um, from from Britain or in that in that area. Yes, like now, the the bit where they go into like where they're throwing the uh, the records. Oh. They're throwing the records, and he stops them from. And he's like, "No, no, no, not that one." And he's like, "Well, what is that? Well, that's the soundtrack to Batman. Go ahead and destroy that." Right. Like, so they list like all these Prince albums, but the Batman soundtrack. You uh, can do that. Yeah. yeah. That. And yeah, I was ahead. like, "Oh, I feel the same way." So you may want to make sure the subtitles are up because uh, one of his friends tends to be a bit of a mumbler, but pretty pretty he- heavy on the Cockney, yeah. if you will. But it's it's solid. It really it really is. And having just seen. The latest Mission Impossible. Simon Pegg, which is a large part of that. Yes. Also plays uh, Montgomery Scott in the current Star Trek film mm-hmm. franchise. He's just he's if you delightful. enjoy If you enjoy him in those, like Shaun of the Dead, uh, again, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and uh, At World's End are very much worth your time. One of them, Shaun of the Dead, is kind of a spoof on zombie films. Mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz is that... Those lethal weapon, your buddy, your buddy cop yeah. kind of movies. Uh, at World's End is kind of in the same vein as uh, 
this is the end. The world's ending. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there, there's a cataclysmic event, and like the the war, it's it's just society's falling apart. Like th- that's your premise for that, and then they just kind of take the tropes and the the genre elements that you consistently find in those kind of films, and either turn them on the ear, make fun of them, uh, embrace them. But they're all of them. On their on their own are just they're very interesting, funny mm-hmm. movies. Simon Pegg is a is just a gifted actor, writer, and I don't know if he's done any directing, but I, I wouldn't be surprised considering how much he seems to be involved in these. If that's not an aspiration that he has eventually, and I just just because you were naming actor, writer, director, I just found out today that Cindy Lauper is just an Oscar away from egotting. And I just had to throw that out. There. I did. I did hear that break. And somebody I, goes, "What's an egot?" And I go, "Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony." I was like, "I was like, Mel Brooks is one. Whoopi Goldberg is one." Like, and they're like, "Why do you have that information off the top of your because head?" Because it's just to to be so close to egotting. I now it's like, come on. Like I'm four away from an egot. Like yeah, I. But I'm saying like when you're just one away. Like, I think Will Smith has got to be close. Like, I don't know if he has a Tony. I'm just, I'm pointing, I'm pointing these things out. I'm with you. Egotting is so, it's just, anyway. uh, And you should watch 30 Rock again. Just all, just keep, continue to watch it. If they didn't coin the term, they definitely popularize the term. Yes. And just continue to watch 30 Rock because I've now. I've now seen the series in its entirety, I believe, four times, and I still pick up on new stuff. Just a magnificent beast. There's it's just a just a sturdy stallion of delight. To to have to have one of my children finally say, "I am Liz Lemon. I am the RA." Like. Yes, you are. Nothing nothing wrong with aspiring to it's, that. It's it's you just got to know who you are. And uh it's it's so brilliant. And I remember I have friends that when it was on couldn't watch it because they disagreed with Alec Baldwin's personal politics so much that it marred the viewing of this. And it's like, "Huh? He's brilliant. Who cares?" Like, I mean, I, I think you and I have commented on this more than once on this podcast or uh, or our sister podcast. I can say, like, if you're Hitler, I can't separate that. No. Like, I, I just, I can't. Okay, I'll be honest. It really bothers me that there's footage showing Hitler being nice to dogs. I'm a huge dog lover. And it bothers me that I have that in common. It's like, oh, he, he was nice to dogs. Stupid furry fear. I know. And it's just like, he... Should be evil on all levels. Like, it's not like Alec Baldwin was like taking like puppies and cutting their throats and throwing them off buildings. Like no. he just he is he's outspoken politically, and I understand that. I don't even agree with everything I've ever heard Alec Baldwin say. Is Alec Baldwin a talented actor and oh, yeah. comedian? Yes, that's that's more what I care about. Yeah, that is. And, what I, I mean, care especially about. when I'm watching Thirty Rock. Like maybe <sighs> maybe if I was into that. Uh, that if I was a career politician, I would care a bit more about it, but I'm not. And his opinion is his opinion. And as long as like, he's not pushing out like his talent as an actor or Mm -hmm. 
you know, interlacing that too much, like into his projects. His opinion, his 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 opinion. And, and let, I know, let me let him be Jack Donaghy. I know that I have spoken about Thirty Rock on many occasions because it's that good. But what I am noticing now, as I show it to my children. You and I have both been pretty good regarding kids and how to brainwash them correctly so they will be interesting people. There are some things we feel you just need to know. Not everyone agrees with they're us. They're not going to thank me now, but they whenever they're later. an interesting human being when mm-hmm. they're in their 20s, maybe they will. Exactly. So there are things that are brought up on 30 Rock, where I will just, as an aside, it's like, okay, now they're making fun of uh, when someone was given an Oscar and he sent a Native American to accept it. And now they're making fun of this, and I put it all in perspective for them because sometimes maybe there's a cultural touchstone that I may have forgotten. I don't I don't want my kids to say something asinine one day like Shia LaBeouf is talented. Like, yeah. I just, I don't. I, I want to make sure Crazy. that I've, I've gotten ahead of, of that particular roadblock. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it's just really important to me that they take the time to read all of Frank's hats and they do. And it's just, uh, it's (laughs) so glorious. And they're like, when you have something that's just multi-layered, like, like just a delicious cake like that, that you can keep coming back to. And every time that you take a different bite, like you get another delicious taste or sensation. Every time Liz Lemon talks about relationships, I say, pay attention. She's, this this she's, is this an is absurdist truth. comedy, but this is hashtag, she's right. hashtag the truth. She's right. You just, the, the end game isn't what you think it is, 21-year-old self. The end game is you just want to be comfortable, make fun of a TV show together, and have pizza. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, maybe maybe you can't sell a romantic comedy on that. But like if you will speak to anybody like you're not you're not going to have maybe everything in common with your spouse or your significant other or any of that. But like if you've got a couple of shows that the two of you can connect on, if you both like each other's company and you're interesting and funny or witty and maybe maybe you like getting pizza on the weekend. Mhm. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like, I you don't you don't get to ride away in a coach together, but like the you don't understand it as much, you know, when you're in high school and like it's all about like looks or popularity or any of this. But one day when it's just the two of you and it's consistently the two, maybe you go out and you interact with other people. Uh, you know what? My husband and I only go out to get material. That's the only reason we go out. Just like, and oh. she's not talking about material to like sew a blanket. <laughs> she's talking about material as in things that we can talk about or make fun of together. Yes. Which is, I'll tell you, when when Kristen and I like get together, we're that that scene in the final episode of Seinfeld that gets them in trouble mm-hmm. when they're looking at it and making fun of it while it's happening. Like she and I, when we go into public places, we'll just be looking over at things, just being like, "Oh my goodness." What happened with that person's hair? Mm-hmm. Do, they, do you think they know they're in public right now? Like, just there's these wonderful moments that we will give an aside to the other one that I'm just like, yeah. I remember. That's that's why we're. I mean, you're you're pretty, and I'm I'm thrilled about that. But like that, the little comment yeah. right there, or the fact that like I've seen you throw down six tacos, like because you were hungry, like 
Those are the moments mm-hmm. I love the most. When I was 22, I was at a graduation, not my own, though I did graduate. And my boyfriend at the time said, because, you know, a graduation is a massive amount of people, and I'm having a heyday. And he said, not in an ill manner, but he goes, can you ever just not comment on everything? And I said, no. 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 no, I cannot. And uh, we should have broken up right then. But no, I cannot. And when I'm not commenting, it's because I'm trying so hard to keep it in. Just, I mean, so hard. Honestly, find someone that understands your kind of weird and can make you laugh. And that's what Liz Lemon is all about. And, I mean, and it, she preaches it. And if, if they're good looking, sure. That's, that's a positive too. Like, that doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. But like I mean, bare minimum, like that's I'm, that's what you want. Somebody that makes makes you laugh and understands your particular kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my children have often uh, spoken of their father. Why, mom? Why? And I said, because he'll always be interesting. Mind you, it would have been awesome. Could he have been, let's say, handy or car smart? Or useful outside. But in the end... I, I had this image of Jim mowing the lawn in my head the other day. <laughs> he did once. And and it was in like a button-down shirt. <laughs> and I was just like, I wonder what Jim wears when he mows. The-. Like, I was out mowing. I am I am in a pair of uh, mesh base... Or not baseball. Mesh uh, basketball shorts. Because uh, you off. play basketball. They're comfortable. Whatever. I am utilitarian. <laughs> I don't. I don't do things. I've. I've got a pair of flip flops on, a cut off t shirt that is also made of an athletic material, and a ball cap that's at least twelve years old. Um, this is what I. This is what I mow in. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy across the way that was also mowing his lawn, dressed very similar to me. And for some reason, I think it's because I knew you and I were going to record later. I was like, I wonder what Jim looks like whenever he mows the lawn. Here, let me set the stage for you. When he used to mow the lawn, he would have, of course, he, he only wears white or black socks. So this would be a white sock occasion. <laughs> and the sneakers. I already love this story. <laughs> he, would have, he would have the shorts to the knees and sometimes a T-shirt from a place that we had been to. His favorite is from the Atlanta Zoo. It's a beautiful color blue with a white tiger on it. You know, like a Siegfried and Roy tiger. Yeah, that, yes, yes. I've got it. Like you, you're painting with with a visceral brush. Yes, yes. So the only reason he does not mow the lawn now is because he is allergic to everything that is outside. And after mowing the lawn, it would take like a two-day recovery. Was he playing it up a bit? Who's to say? But I drew the line at lawn mowing. Because I was already doing other things. Like, that's supposed to be your thing. You're supposed to grill, kill bugs, mow the... No, he does none of those things. Uh, but he did briefly mow the lawn. And it was a disaster. So it ended. Oh. That's... He's still complaining about, like, the one year he had to weed whack. It's just <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not saying I enjoy it. Like I mean, you give me the choice of like, you know, rewatching Superman two or mowing the lawn, probably gonna rewatch Superman two. Yeah. Just 
Just saying, but for whatever reason, and like I said, I think it was because you and I had not determined yet <laughs> precisely when we we're doing it. It just that was the through line, and I went to it, and I was like, I wonder how that happens. Yeah, what is that about? That that is what that's about. And ah, um, oh. and it seems to me he would always mow at like two in the afternoon when it was ninety five. The absolute out. hottest. The sun was at yes. its apex, and then we would we he would initiate a discussion. Over why he chose that time, as opposed to, hey, why don't you try? In the morning, yeah, ten o'clock, or maybe six thirty at night. It's still light out. But right, if the right, sun, right, right, the right, sun right, is not right, beating right. down directly onto I, I, you, I, 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 and like, I'm taking, not going to wear a hat. Taking <laughs> off that layer of skin. Uh, of, I don't want any sunscreen. It makes me feel oily. You know. So anyway, <laughs> that's that's how it is. It's it's very interesting. Very. But I digress. We like to watch a lot of stuff together. And there are some things in particular we like to watch together because it's funnier that way. Castle Rock is something we are watching together. Chris Chris and I like I had um I had started off Game of Thrones, like I, I from like season one. Mm-hmm. Like I was in on that. And I I just kind of slowly slowly like encourage him just like well you know we've got the blu-rays if you if you want to. i was like tell you what we'll watch the first couple episodes if you don't like it you don't have to do it but like i i'm i'm pretty good about judging what people will mm-hmm. be into uh or not and like i got her into it in a big way and like we were taking in like three four if we, if we would could get the kids to sleep at a certain time like we could get three or four episodes before we had to be like in bed so we could get up and function as adults like in the morning mm-hmm. like it just it, it's really nice uh, again and it doesn't seem like it's not the the rom-com like version of of a romance but uh, until you realize that like those kinds of situations and that that kind of thing it's it's not ideal and you can't yeah. you would never be able to maintain it but if you if you can find something as small as like a show or a comedian mm-hmm. that you enjoy, that both of you enjoy, that you can interact like about, it's it, it's nice to have that like mm-hmm. in common. I think that's why rom-coms, when they're done well, are successful because it's just not real. But it's fun it, it's to think fantasy, it is. It's fantasy in the same way that Star Wars like is. Yeah. It's just they're, neither of them are... Neither of them are happening. Yeah, not ever. But, like, it's fun to watch on the screen. It's like, aw, that would have been really cute, but that, oh, that's not At, at no point am I going to lightsaber duel anyone. I don't know. Prob- I'm just, I'm putting it out there. I have a lightsaber. Uh, it, I'm talking about an actual, like, like It makes kind the noise. Of, no, 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 no. Okay. I'm saying it, it is a laser. It is a laser, laser. sword okay. that I can fight right. and I can levitate things with my mind and like f- like do or do not. There is no... Tr- I'm talking about Admit that. It. You spent time as a kid trying to levitate stuff with your mind. Jane, when I walk through like opening doors, like the ones that like sense that someone is coming and go ahead and part... I still move my hands like I'm using the force. Okay, <laughs> like I don't. You don't. Have, you don't have to tell me about what I am. I know. I know what I. By am. the way, did you know that William Shatner will be 80 miles away from us in about two weeks? That's remarkable. So close. So, or as he would say it, so, <laughs> so, so close, so close, so cl- at a mere 200 and. Fifty dollars. We could meet 
and greet the Shatman. Not quite traveling at warp speed. But still. Using the interstate at 70 miles. He is at a... An hour. Thing whose name I have forgotten, but it is taking place in Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah, Stanley has apparently stopped doing um, like a lot of his signings at like Comic Cons and mm-hmm. stuff. And the fact that I know a lot of my heroes, like we mentioned, Shatner is not a youthful man no. right now. And there will come a point that like he's going to cut back a lot on his public appearances or, God forbid, like passes. Um, that that will bother me. Like, because mm-hmm. to say that William Shatner has had like a significant impact on my life. It's probably, probably downplaying it to a large extent. <laughs> have you read his books about his life? I have read the, I've read Get a Life. I've read Movie Memories. I've read, like, I. Okay, so yes. I've even read his Star Trek novels where he writes about the adventures of James Kirk. Okay, I haven't read those. But I remember reading his books about his life and it's like, oh, I am part Shatner. I had no idea. He's. For as he's definitely a prima donna, and like William Shatner, like likes William Shatner. How could you not? Like, and his books will indicate the exact same thing to you. But like the the man's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, he really is. Be and I'm talking about beyond just like his involvement with Star Trek. Like uh, T.J. Hooker was actually an interesting show. If you haven't watched Boston Legal. Mm-hmm. That's well worth a moment of your time right there. Oh, what was his interview show called? Uh, it was, it was right before everything was streaming. Ah, he did a he did an interview show on you know it wasn't Bravo but it was something like that. It was. I don't know what it was, but I'm just telling you right now, I'd watch it. Oh, it was really good. It was a 30 minute interview show on something. And it probably was late 90s, maybe, early 2000s. That sounds right. And, I believe that. Uh, I loved it. I just don't remember what it was called. So I guess I didn't love it that much. But it was after Boston Legal that he did that. It would have so. been late late 2000s, because I think that went off in 08, maybe, oh, okay. something like that. Anyway, I enjoyed it immensely. So there you go. <laughs> Google it because I dropped my phone and can't Google that it. That man's you. got an impressive IMDb. Like, if there's one thing William Shatner like never stopped doing, it was working. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rocket Man. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. However, the I wish I could remember the name of this thing. It's a collector's thing. Uh, so it's it's a con, but it's a collector's hey, con. It's a what? <laughs> Collector con. con! But I was surprised Shatner was at it, really, because it's just, it's not so much a panel of this and that. It's just here we can go and buy more stuff, and here's the Ghostbusters vehicle and all that. But tons of of big names to us. Shatner, well, I mean, Shatner's still a big draw. Oh, yeah. Like for, I mean. And 250? I mean, the last con I was at. Uh, con. Uh, Val Kilmer, I believe, was charging five hundred dollars for a meet and greet, which which I did not pay. Oh, I don't I don't even know if I would have done that in nineteen ninety five. Which I did not pay, <laughs> and so two fifty for a meet and greet with Shatner. Like, oh, if I had the two, I would do that. If if I did not feel so encumbered by, we'll call them bills or yeah. that um, food. I'm not saying it's the best $250 I would have ever spent, but it's 
it's to the point that I would, I'd think about it. Yeah, if I, if it wasn't right before fall break, man, I would find I'd, that money. I'd love to meet William Shea. I'd love to talk to William Shea. Yeah, because I've been to meet and greets, and they're fine, and you can, but I'd rather have a conversation. Yeah. Like John Favreau's Dinner for Five conversation. But sure, I'll settle for meeting him, greeting him. Hi, you're done. But still, Shatner. Yeah. I mean, I oh, yeah. I got to meet and greet a Beatle, and I have played that card endlessly. Remind me to tell you sometime about me meeting the voice of Mario. Oh, that's exciting. It, okay. was, it was something. I can only imagine. So, uh, when it comes to binging or cringing, we, we're not full on cringing. Can't say enough about 30 Rock, ever. And, and we, we don't. We never stop. No. Really, one, one would assume. If you haven't yet watched it, watch it. And actually, kind of like the Simon Pegg films, I would like to put 30 Rock and The Office and Parks and Rec and maybe even Community all together and just... I, see, I don't want to add community because I want to say the word trifecta. And uh, I don't want to say fourfecta. <laughs> it's not, it, no, tri- I want to say trifecta. Tri- so tri- just watch those three because they will. Uh, they are roughly and essentially infinitely watchable. Yes. Much like I will also say uh, Newhart and the Mary Tyler Moore show and the Bob Newhart show and the Carol Burnett show. Okay, so then I'm going to have to get rid of Newhart in order to have the Bob Newhart show, Carol Burnett, Mary Tyler Moore. I don't, I don't think you're losing whichever Newhart. You, yeah, and honestly, if you want to, just rotate the Newharts. Right. Just you can't. They are just as funny today as when they came out, and you should watch them. You, you really need to. There, there are some like talents out there that like. I mean, it's nice to be topical. But, like, there are just some, like, Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett's just funny. Like, yeah. the kids were watching, um, is it Horton? Horton Hears a Who. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey, Steve Carell, Carol Burnett, um, when they were promoting it, were on the Oprah Winfrey show. Now that together. could have been funny. Wow. I mean, they're just riffing off. What, like, and I guarantee you, they had to have edited that particular episode down. Because, like, I've seen Carrie's outtakes. And if he has got Steve Carell and Carol Burnett to play with, Ugh. I'm telling you, there's a four-hour episode of the Oprah Winfrey show that, that I like want to watch. watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And no one's even dragging out uh, a trailer full of fat. I, I would watch that. The, the three of them could easily maintain my attention by themselves mm-hmm. for all of that. I can only imagine the stuff that like the network was like, yeah, you got to cut that. Like it's it's funny, it's yeah. good. But like, I'm sorry. This is this is daytime. daytime I talk would show, be happy. Or afternoon talk show. Or whatever. I can just watch outtakes for years, really, from people I enjoy. I love the mistakes. I love the thing that just struck them funny. I and I'm t- and those three people. Like Carrie's output is not what it was in say like the late '90s, but. If you'll listen to him in, in interviews or anything like that, Jim Carrey's still a tremendously funny man. Carol mm-hmm. Burnett, her output may not be at the level it was in the early 80s or late 70s. 
is a tremendously talented and funny woman. Steve Carell, <laughs> who is still working consistently, and I believe they're even talking about doing a, not a reboot, kind of a, whatever they're doing now where they'll do like one or two seasons, very small seasons, uh, kind of similar to like the Roseanne reboot. Is that, mm-hmm. is it a reboot? I guess it is. And what's, so, a, what is what, what's the proper verb? So now it's it's not called Roseanne now. Now it's going to be called... The, the Connors. Yeah. But I'm saying, what do you call it whenever you, you restart a show that's been off for it's gotta 17 be a, a, years? With the same cast. Yeah. See, reboot to me is not the same that's cast. That's when you change up and you just keep the print. Like, what I is that I don't know. Called? It's called a... Um, it's not a reimagining. A continuing story continuation okay well, we'll know. call it that for right now but anyways they're talking about doing that with the office now <laughs> and that's it, it, it contingent on the fact that Carell, um like your main set dwight um they, they want they want your big dogs like if they can get everybody they can get everybody but there's some people if, if you're going to reboot let, let's say star trek the next generation mm-hmm. and they're like well patrick stewart doesn't want to do it no, then you don't, don't do bother. it yeah yeah there, there are some names you have to have in there. If if Adam West was still alive and they were going to bring back the Batman show from the 60s and he didn't want to do it, then yeah. you don't do it. That's precisely it. All right. So we were, uh, we were talking about what was on Netflix with Disenchantment. Yes. Which yeah. I, I was enchanted with. So watch Disenchantment. And uh, coming up, I... I still can't believe I haven't watched Luke Cage, but because I know once I watch it, I want to watch all of it. Iron Fist is coming out next, and then after Iron Fist rolls out, it will be What I am understanding as well, Iron Fist is significantly improved from the first season. I, I stuck with Iron Fist just because, I don't know, I just, I liked the characters, and I knew... It had to get better. It, the also, fact is, it wasn't knew, awesome. I also knew that I was going to watch Defenders, and I'm a completionist. Right. When, yes, I am as well. I it, that's, yeah. It was certainly not as good as Daredevil. Is the eighth season of the X Files really worth your time? No, mm. not really. Um, did I did I watch it because I've watched like all eleven seasons of the X Files? Yeah, yeah. That's why. Because you have to. Because I didn't want there to be... What if there was a good episode in there? And, and I didn't see it. Unfortunately, I don't think there was. <laughs> like, but I had to be sure. That's Needed understandable. To be sure. So these... Uh, our need to complete... and to I, I realized now that everything is digital, I used to have a need to own like every Beatles album ever made American and British release and every this and every book. I don't need to the physically that, own that The fact anymore. that I literally have it at my thumb tip now in most cases. There's some stuff that I will go ahead and do the physical release of as well, but like I, I don't, I'm not as compelled to do it anymore. I, I In a lot of cases, I'd, especially if it's not something that I want to display on my show, like um, Man of Steel. I have the 3D re, uh, 3D release of that that has like a big Superman mm-hmm. uh, symbol. It's like a case that has like the 3D Blu-ray, the regular Blu-ray, the DVD. It's got a little booklet with it. Like I, if you're, I, I have a Superman tattoo. Like I have been a lifelong fan of like the DC superheroes. I do want the physical release of that. 
I've got several different versions of like Superman, the movie, the Richard Donner like version of it. Um, like I've got the collectible case of that stuff like that. I want the physical release. of. I like, have Seinfeld on VHS with an actual puffy shirt display. Like that's the kind of I, I like. <laughs> I think it's funny those, to have out those I like. I, but like, do do I need, um, like let's say the kids want to watch Herbie Reloaded. Do I need the tenth anniversary version of Herbie Reloaded? No, 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 no one does. I don't especially need that first one unless the kids want to watch it. Um, I'm sure I'll have Hotel Transylvania three when it comes out. Oh do do I want it? No, no. If it comes with like a figurine of Dracula. Do I need to get that version? No. I'd be perfectly satisfied with just the digital version. And yet, it bears repeating, should Adam Sandler ever want to employ us in any way? Hotel Transylvania 4, or if he wants to go back and add me to Hotel Transylvania 3, despite all of the shade that I've thrown at it, I will redact (laughs) all of that... And be in that movie. We really like him. I'm just telling you. I that's that's what I'm willing to do. I will swallow my pride, uh, throw away my principles, um, and even redact things that I definitively feel. See, it's that's fun that's working the with kind, me. Huh? That's the kind of commitment you want from somebody that is going to work with you. Exactly, and, and we'll give you that, Mr. Sandler, sir. Exactly. So um, that's it for binge or cringe. I think we mentioned a few shows and then god knows what we got into but uh, it's, again it's a, it's a, it's almost just a fever dream at this point i don't <laughs> i don't even know how long i've been here yes true that so uh give us some suggestions on something you want us to watch i do know that i'm about to pick up a lot of stuff on hulu because that is how i watch current shows because i just can't be bothered I'm listen. I know that networks want me to watch it at prime no. time. Whatever. I got your prime time. Yeah. I got I got your prime time right here. Yeah. And uh, I will watch it when I want to watch when, it. When when it is when I decide prime time is exactly. Oh, I always wanted that. I always wanted it to be like that, and now it is. I, I it was the thing that I always wanted that I never knew that I mm-hmm. could have. And now we have it. So if there's something you would like to suggest to us, you may find us on the interwebs, and we will uh, respond accordingly. So, which, we, which I think we always yeah, do. Yeah, we always do. So thanks ever so to listening to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens.